T. Wright Barksdale has served as an assistant district attorney for the Okmulgee Judicial Circuit since 2013, a graduate of Georgia Southern University in Atlanta's John Marshall School of Law. In addition to prosecuting cases throughout the Okmulgee Judicial Circuit, Barksdale has also prosecuted cases in Fulton and Paulding counties. He is currently the assistant district attorney for Hancock and Putnam counties. Uh, Mr. T. Wright Barksdale, thank you for joining me today on Milledgeville Matters. I appreciate you having me on. Well, thank you for taking us up on the opportunity, and thank you for taking this time to speak to our radio audience. Now, I, I find that um, uh, for some contests on any ballot, there's a great deal of knowledge about uh, what that candidate is running for. Uh, but I find that sometimes in the judiciary and sometimes in law enforcement, um, our, our listeners may want a little bit more detail. And so I thought I'd start off our conversation by asking you, can you explain in your own words the role of the district attorney in our communities? Sure. I, I think that the role of the district attorney is, number one, he's the, and he is the lead law enforcement uh, officer in the circuit. Um, and we're able to work hand in hand with law enforcement uh, to get cases that they make before the court. Uh, sometimes that means uh, asking law enforcement uh, to provide more information. And, and sometimes that's to advise them on how to get certain pieces of evidence. But sometimes we act as a filter uh, for law enforcement. But more importantly, we guide the cases through the court system. When does the district attorney's job start? Um, does the law enforcement um, you know, make an arrest and then provide the information to you? Or are you all playing a more active role um, in the law enforcement activities in our communities? No, I think that uh, for me personally, there is a good chunk of the cases that come into my office that I am aware of before arrests are made. Uh, sometimes I'm uh, asked questions from law enforcement officers about how to approach certain things that they're working on. And, and that may be, do we need to get a search warrant? Do we have enough to, to seek an arrest warrant? Um, it just really depends on a case by case basis, but we certainly, especially on bigger cases, we are uh, very, very active in the process, oftentimes before an arrest is made. And can you describe the prosecutorial philosophy you'll advance as district attorney? Sure. Number one, we're going to follow the law. We're going to follow the law. We're going to be fair about what we do. But I will tell you that um, I'm going to be aggressive in prosecuting criminals. Uh, you take Milledgeville and Baldwin County, for example. Um, I think we've got a wonderful staff already in place. Uh, I think we've got a great working relationship with law enforcement in Baldwin County. But I'm telling you, I, I'm, I'm going to follow the law. I'm going to be fair no matter who, who it is. But we are going to be aggressive. We're going to be targeting recidivist career, career criminals. Um, and the gang activity that's present in Baldwin County. Right. And um, this question may be somewhat redundant uh, to your last response, but what will be your focus as district attorney? My focus is going to be really a continuation of what I've done as an assistant district attorney. 
Um, if you look at what I've done over the last seven or eight years, uh, I've tried more cases uh, than any attorney uh, in the eight county circuit. I've prosecuted some of the biggest and baddest criminals in the counties that I'm involved in. I really believe that targeting these individuals that have four, five, six, seven, eight convictions, uh, felony convictions on the record, if we target them and use the full hammer that the law provides to take them off the streets, that over time we're going to see a huge benefit to our school systems and our community. And I believe that Georgia does have a, a three strikes and you're out rule um, for uh, some recidivism. Uh, do you believe that that should be uh, waged all the time, uh, some of the time? Or in other words, could you describe the discretion that you would use um, when looking at these repeat offenders? I use the recidivist uh, statute quite a bit. Um, one of the problems that we do have uh, and that, that we've got to balance is if we use the recidivist statute every single time, um, we don't have enough court time uh, to, to make that happen. Um, however, I do intend on instructing uh, the assistants that will be hopefully working underneath me to be using this on a more regular basis. Um, I do believe that that will help uh, keep the people that continue to come through our court system to be held by the Department of Corrections, and hopefully they won't be paroled out as they are right now. While in office, Governor Nathan Deal advocated for and signed into law a series of criminal justice reforms. Uh, could you describe your opinion of the changes Governor Deal uh, put into place? Uh, I think the word reform uh, is putting it nicely, but but what he did uh, in some ways uh, made our job harder. Um, he he took a lot of the the bite out of some of the things that we can do to combat crime. And and look, I'm not talking negative about the governor, but I'm just stating a fact that in some ways the the pieces that he put in place made our job harder, much harder. And it sometimes it's frustrating because we're giving people 10-year prison sentences and they're serving two years of that 10-year sentence before they're, they're being paroled out. And, of course, another aspect of um, the changes that Governor Deal advocated for were accountability courts. Um, how do you plan to utilize these accountability courts as district attorney? I think that what you've got to understand is that the accountability courts are a tool. Our overall goal is to make our community better. Um, but what you need to understand is, is that uh, those courts have, have a place. And for me, that place is for people that have a limited criminal history that have addiction problems, not uh, for individuals that are drug dealers that have uh, convictions for distributing methamphetamine or other controlled substances. Um, it, it's a tough thing, and it's going to be a, those courts are going to be uh, an even tougher um, option for us. I'm sure you saw where Brian Kemp's talking about a 14% uh, cut in state agencies. 
Um, I'm interested to see how those courts are going to survive that um, because it sounds like we're about to undergo some massive cuts across the state. I do think that accountability courts are useful. However, they have their place and it's just one of the tools in our toolbox to try to make our community safer. And of course, you just mentioned the uh, proposed budget cuts that the governor is asking all areas of state government to undertake. How does that cause you to think about the balancing act of being the top law enforcement uh, official uh, for the eight counties within the Okmulgee Judicial Circuit? I think what makes it very tough is you got to understand that for our office, uh, and all the district attorney's offices across the state, over 90% of our operating budget goes to salary. We don't have a bunch of overhead that can be cut. And so if we're facing furloughs or, or we're asked to cut, then that means that we may ultimately lose some positions. And if we do that, that's going to put a strain on the ability uh, to put out the best product we can. We'll be asking a lot more the people that are left there'll be a higher case count load per assistant and so forth Uh, but we'll have to do what we have to do um, as as we find out more about what the economy the state of the economy and tax revenue that comes out well and of course you know the majority of the reasons that what had started off as a 4% you know budget cut for some sectors of states government has turned into a 14% uh, was because of the economic fallout of the coronavirus uh, now uh, but that um, coronavirus epidemic has had uh, earlier um, uh, inroads into law enforcement uh, now it's caused uh, law enforcement to make tough decisions about uh, who will be in incarcerated and who must remain behind bars. Thinking long term, how has this epidemic impacted your thinking about the use of jail time? You know, I don't know that it really has. Uh, My number one goal is to help protect the citizens of this circuit. And if we've got people that are committing crimes and they need to be incarcerated, then they need to be incarcerated. And, you know, the sheriffs across this this state are going to have to figure out ways to make those jails prisons as safe as possible but if we allow criminals to think that they can commit crimes and not be held accountable then crime will go up and that's just a fact Um, we want to be smart about what we're doing but i'm telling you as hopefully your district attorney i'm going to try to hold criminals accountable for the actions that they take if they if they deserve leniency, then they, they, they will get leniency. If they're committing crimes and, and it's a continuing revolving door, then we're, we're going to do whatever we can to keep the public safe. But I know our own sheriff here in Baldwin County has uh, really tried to think about, um, I guess we would say, the difference between uh, nonviolent offenses and uh, those where taking a criminal off the street will add to the public safety experience by all of us. I mean, has it changed your thinking anyways uh, between recidivism and the balance between public safety? I think there's a big difference when you're talking about somebody that gets arrested for driving while license suspended. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I can see where you would say, 
okay, this is somebody that uh, if we need to try to keep out of the jail right now. That's one thing. But if you're talking about somebody that's, you know, burglarizing homes or uh, somebody that's got a 40 page rap sheet, I think that you've got enough information to say that this, these, these type criminals need to be in the county jail or in prison or taken off the street. It, it's a balance. It's a tough decision. And, and our sheriffs across the, the circuit, I think, have done a phenomenal job in trying to balance that. But at the end of the day, do you ha- if you have a criminal out there that's breaking in houses or committing thefts, is he making that situation, and the situation I'm talking about is, is the pandemic, is he making that situation better or worse? And the answer to that is he's making the situation worse. Uh, you've got first responders and law enforcement that are already stretched thin. We've got a lot of situations out there that are touch and go. And people that are out there committing those type crimes, they're not helping things. And if, if we catch them, they need to be locked up. Can you briefly describe a case that impacted the way you'll operate once you're district attorney? I don't know that there's a particular case, uh, Daniel, that will impact the way that I operate. I will tell you that I've been blessed to have a lot of people, including the current district attorney, um, Steve Bradley, a number of law enforcement officers that have uh, meant a lot to me. I think what I want to bring to the district attorney's office is a hardworking attitude that treats everybody fair, but understanding that if you commit crime in this circuit, we're going to make a, a strong effort to hold you accountable. And it's going to be a day in day out process of every day getting up and going to work and putting our best foot forward. And the good news is that the voters, if they look at it, I've done this for the last eight years. And the cases that I've tried, the work that we've done, we're not focused on petty crime, okay? I mean, that's part of it. But the cases that I've tried have been cases that involve major felony criminals. And and we've taken them off the street. So there's not one case that I can point to and say, wow, that changed how I look at everything. That's not it. It's, look, what I've seen in the areas that I've served directly is that if we're persistent in providing good work and teamwork with law enforcement, we're going to get some great results in the long term. Why should members of our radio audience vote for you? I think what's important is for people to understand that I'm from middle Georgia. I grew up in Washington County on the Baldwin County line, and and I feel like I'm very in tune with what our community wants out of a district attorney. I, I came straight out of law school. Uh, even before I graduated, I was working with Maxine Blackwell, the former solicitor, as an intern. Um, I worked in the Fulton County Solicitor's Office before I even graduated. Started my career as a prosecutor in Paulding County. This is all I've ever done. And I've spent the last seven or eight years working hard to protect the public. I've worked hard to uh, build a reputation that people can look at and say, that's a fair guy, but he's tough. And when you think about it, I mean, 
trying more cases than any other attorney in our eight counties, getting life sentences on some of our worst criminals year in and year out. When people say you're going to work hard, well, I can say that, and I've got the, the record to back that up. And so I just want to continue uh, to work hard. I love our community. I enjoy my job. And uh, I'm very excited about this opportunity moving forward. T. Wright Barksdale, thank you for joining me today on Military Matters.